0: People coming into a clinic, they think, oh, I see the receptionist, and then we're going to see a doctor, and they're going to fix them, but hello, who's drawing the blood, who's doing the x-rays, who's doing all this stuff in the background so that your doctor (laughs) can help you.
1: Welcome back to That Vet Life. In today's episode, I'm chatting with two incredible veterinary technicians, Peter and JC, though you probably know them better by their Instagram or TikTok accounts, PJ. Veterinary technicians are some of the unsung heroes in this profession and most of what they do on the daily goes unseen by the public. Well, Peter and JC are trying to change that through the content that they're sharing on social media. From blood draws to emergency surgery, these two are highlighting the many roles that vet techs have in keeping a veterinary practice afloat each day. We talk about the challenges facing the profession as seen through their perspective and what we as vets and techs can do to improve client education and perception through networking and social media. There's literally so much to talk about here, so let's jump right in. Hey guys, and welcome back to that Vet Life podcast. I'm really excited because I have two people that, like they're viewing the veterinary profession through a slightly different lens than the t- typical people that we talk to on the podcast. So Peter, JC, thank you so much for joining us. I know we're technically in three different time zones here, guys. So uh, we're making it work just for you guys. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> thanks, thanks for, for being here. Thanks for having
0: us.
2: I'm glad to be here.
1: And we're we're technically on like three different places. So one person, like to give people a visual of what we're doing right now, we have like myself on a microphone, Peter's on a microphone, and then JC is phoning in and using Peter's microphone <laughs> to be picked up. So yeah. <laughs> It's a bit of a MacGyver, that, but we're making it work for all of this. <laughs> I'm really excited. I think this is going to be a fun episode. So for the the people who maybe don't know who you are, which honestly, if they don't know who you are, I, I feel like they've been living under a rock. <laughs> but <laughs> so tell us a little bit about like what type of practice are you guys in and what is your role in that practice?
0: Okay, I'll start it off. So we are emergency veterinary clinic, which is a hybrid because we have an, uh, two wings we have a west and east wing so it's kind of like gp emergency but then we also have equine in the back so it's kind of like large animal small animal but it's mostly emergency and technically right now all we really are seeing is emergencies so i mean as you know veterinary medicine is like overwhelmed right now so i mean new clients are a thing of the past we're just seeing emergencies as they walk through the door that's kind of really it Do you have anything you want to add there jc (laughs) Um,
3: yeah
2: so we're 24-7, we're accepting emergencies, but then to hit on the whole two-wing parts, um, we have one wing that has scheduled clients that they're seeing all day long. And that's then there's right. another wing that's, that's seeing things as they come. And then a whole surgery team that's doing orthopedics and other stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So we got things going on all the time and everything's happening at all the same time.
1: That is bananas.
0: Yeah, It, it is. I mean, quite literally, there's <laughs> usually three to four doctors on staff. Not to mention the two equine doctors. And then, uh, gosh, I think we have on regular like 10 to 12 texts that are just running around everywhere. So,
1: yes. oh my gosh, my mind is boggled by all of this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought things were crazy in GP land, but no, I knew it was crazy in ER. I just didn't quite have the sense, but that's really, why I wanted yeah, to is. talk to it you. It really cut. is. <laughs> um, cause the number of times I've called over to the local ERs and I'm like, Hey, I have a patient for you guys. And I can almost feel like the dread, d- like drip yeah. through the phone. They're like, no, please. No. And I'm like, I'm sorry. No, there's definitely <laughs>
0: eyeballs that are rolling.
1: <laughs> and yet they still manage to be very, very kind on the phone when they talk to me, but I can almost feel they're like, please keep the patient. Don't send it over here. We're dying. <laughs> so- yeah. <laughs>
3: Exactly. And so
1: would you say, like, I know things must have been a little bit crazy before the pandemic, but through the course of the pandemic, have you seen like an ebb and flow of the number of cases that have come through ER?
0: Uh, yes, we have.
1: Oh, most definitely, yeah.
0: Um, what is it? Pre, like, what, 2019, pre-COVID? Uh, it was just regular. It was steady, everything normal. And then you hit that COVID stage where it was like 2020, the beginning. I felt like things slowed down. It was that real calm and then all of a sudden, you know, March and April, everything picked up and it was just constant every day. Just, you know, just chaos. Everyone needs to come in. Everyone needs to be seen. Just, And it's always the same things. It's just more of it. You know, know. your your um, vomiting dogs or your emergency ear infections, you know, all these, all these things that could have had a regular appointment are just being seen one on top of the other. And it, even now, it's still very crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. And so would you say, like, what's the most common thing that you guys see right now then?
0: Skin issues and ear issues, huh?
2: And limping that's been happening for quite a while.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: the limping that's been happening for (laughs) weeks. I
2: love those ones.
0: (laughs) But it's an emergency today.
1: Today. And it's always going to be at 2 a.m., right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. But actually, more recently, hasn't it just been like um, just exploratories and foreign bodies uh, throughout?
2: Yeah, I think right now we're kind of in that stage where it's the holiday season. So there's a lot of vomiting. There's a lot of pancreatitis, foreign bodies. Um, I think last night, I just saw that last night, we were pulling hair ties out of a cat's stomach. So. <laughs> That's right. I looked at the
0: x-rays this morning on my phone. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're doing foreign body yesterday. Um, just hair, yeah. cat ate a bunch of hair ties. It's like, Oh, my okay.
1: gosh. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And yeah, the, you talk about the like pancreatitis cases and GI things. All I can think of is like last year we had a slew that came through GP even mm-hmm. where all of them were eating the Trader Joe's like advent calendars for their pets. And I was like, stop
2: giving them
0: this. They're no, getting
2: pancreatitis. It. Come on, guys. Exactly. Okay, after Thanksgiving, my first question in the room is Did he have some turkey or ham? Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> exactly. Which it's always so- yes. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And they're like,
1: but it wasn't a lot. And I'm like, is it more than they usually have? Well, there's your answer.
0: They always have a way to lie. They always say, well, family came over, so I don't know what Uncle Ben gave or so-and-so. It's like, (laughs) we know the pet had to include.
1: Right? Please help us. (laughs) I was like, we're trying to help you help them. It's like, come on, just work with us here.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing is, you know, as techs, we go into the room first and we want that signalment. Tell us what we want to know so the Mm -hmm. doctor doesn't come in blindly and then you're telling them things and they're like, well, they didn't tell me that, but they told me this. And I'm like, oh, okay.
1: And I I always feel so bad for like the assistants and the techs that do go in first and then the doctor follows and then the client tells a completely different story.
0: That's exactly where I was getting at. It's like,
1: please, why?
2: That happened to me on Wednesday. (laughs) It was a complete different
1: thing that happened. That's right. It's like, why would you do that? You are just shooting yourself in the foot when you do that. Come on, people.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I almost like it's like, okay, so why do we think that happens though? It's is it the the public perception of what assistants and technicians do, or do you think it's? Because I really they, think it they, is. They, okay.
0: Yeah, because it, I think it's the same in human medicine too. It's where you don't divulge or say too much to the nurse or the you know the technician, and then the doctor comes like. Let me tell you everything that I wanted to say now, kind of thing, because I don't know if we're seeing I think differently. It is true,
2: because now that you mentioned that, when I look back, I mean, the nurses, I feel like whenever I go to the doctors, they're not getting a full history, they're, almost yeah. like you do in VetMed, where we're asking all of those questions.
3: Yeah.
1: And I, I almost wonder if there is a little bit where. Like you guys are asking them to put the pieces together for the first time, probably, when you ask those questions. So there's probably a small amount where they honestly just haven't thought through the process of how it all happened when they tell you. And then when you walk out of the room, they suddenly go, oh my gosh, this, the other thing, these other little bits. And then I come in and I'm like, hey, what's going on today?
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I remember, I remember what I gave them now and all these things. And yeah, no, I get it. I think that could be the case.
1: But there, I still wish that there wasn't that different perception. And I wish that people really knew that when you guys go into the room, like you really are there to help. You really are, sure. do know what you're talking about because you've seen so many of these things. And I think of like myself as a I'm a relatively new grad. And when I was first going into these rooms, like, let's be real that my assistants and my techs had seen what like was in those rooms way more frequently than I ever had as a new grad. So I was leaning on you guys to really like, tell me what's going on. Something
0: I see frequently is being a male in, as a uh, veterinary technician, as I bring them into the room, they're always like, are you the doctor or just the tech? And so oh. you always get that thing, just the tech. It's like, yeah, no, I, I'm here, I'm here part of the support team. Let's talk, let's have a conversation. It's like, it's always, are you just the tech or are you the doctor? Or they assume I'm the doctor. Only because I am the male, so it's like no, no. I'm sorry. We're here to get a history, and uh, I'll have Doctor So and So in just a sec, and we'll go from there. So that's usually how it goes for me.
1: And how is it for you, JC? I usually get the "Are you just the tech, or are you the doctor?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that phrase "just a tech." There's ah, tech.
3: It's yeah. the phrase that we want to get rid of.
1: <laughs> Gosh, that irks
2: me. I can't imagine how
1: much how much it must annoy you. Um,
2: oh, <laughs> one time I got the. I got the, you're not the doctor, right? Yeah. No, 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 I'm not the doctor. JC
0: looks absolutely just so young and people are just like, oh, so you're not the doctor, right? Or or they won't tell you things because they don't believe you're the doctor. It's
2: almost like they're worried that I am their doctor.
0: (laughs) In my head, I I feel like they expect this real elderly older man to walk in, and I'm you know, and I think I'm just thinking of them, and then what comes in is this younger you know female doctor, right? And, and I don't mean to say that to be rude, but it's like I think veterinary medicine is female dominated. Yeah. So it's like people need to understand that and see that.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it, honestly, I think it's going to take so much time before the public perception or the public. The public eye changes on what is expected because, again, like even when you look at like cartoons or movies, like who plays the doctor, the old white guy, like that's yeah, a, no, it, like it, it is. is what it is. I mean, I've had cases even where like I walk in, I am the doctor. Yes, I am relatively new at being a doctor and new at this practice, but they still walk in. And they're like, are you old enough to be the doctor? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, like, I really don't feel like I need to spend 10 minutes validating my position here. So, I'm gonna, all, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I've had clients that tell me, you know, I want the oldest, most experienced doctor to neuter my dogs. And I'm like, OK, yeah, like, I'm not going to fight you. I'm just going to let you do oh, it. Oh, my
0: goodness. Uh, <laughs> no, exactly.
1: There's always that. It's just where I feel like we're. I hate to say it, but we're fighting the public perception, but I want to change that narrative to we're educating the public perception, which I feel is what you guys are really able to do through your um, platform. But before we, we dive into that, I think I want to keep going down this road of like what your viewpoint is on veterinary medicine right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, you're you're in emergency. So you've seen the onslaught of what's going on and how absolutely bananas it is. Yeah, But- what is your perception on like what's happening in the greater veterinary profession from well, the standpoint of Let me of, ask like, you
0: this first. You, yeah. You're on the East Coast. So yeah. are you also over there seeing a decline in vets? Like you can't find them. They're yeah. just there. <laughs> that's the same thing we have. It's like we're constantly looking and we need to hire, but they're not there and we want to we want to work with them. But I think that's the big thing is you have either it's people leaving vet med or people not coming into it, but, you know, just the amount of texts that I've seen leave Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: the amount of doctors that I have not seen coming in, even, you know, years back, just the amount of students that we would have coming in, you know, for externs and, you know, learning this and doing this is dwindling and I'm not seeing a lot of that there anymore. So it's huge on, on the industry where we're not seeing that. So I think that's the biggest thing that's playing into effect right now, because we're all stressing on trying to work but we're working harder faster and I think it's a very chaotic work field like right now Mm -hmm. so I don't know are your thoughts the same JC or do you have something to add because I'm like that's what I see
2: (laughs) yeah there's definitely as far as looking at people coming into the field as students compared to how many we used to have back when i was a student there used to be a ton of us at the college yeah so i don't i don't think there's and i don't know if covid played a role in it or if it's just the direction that vet med was heading and covid kind of
3: pushed it caused
2: mm-hmm. it to have pushed it a little bit more but i think if anything there's definitely more people going into the vet tech world compared to the veterinary field i feel like oh
1: that's actually an interesting viewpoint because i've been i feel like the, at least from my perception as from the veterinarian side of things, is we felt like there were fewer vet techs going in than even vets. But I'm glad to hear that you think that there are more vet techs. So what do you think the, like, the push is for people to like, what's drawing them into the veterinary technician field? And how can we draw on that more?
0: I think a lot of people are just grandfathered in. They love pets. They want to work with pets. They start, you know, at the bottom where we all have, and they work kennels or boarding, and then they work their way up. So they're learning technician stuff as they go. And then they're like, this is what I want to do. So they see that. And that, I think that's what gets them in there. Or I think the biggest thing is, is they want to work with animals. So they want to move into working with veterinary medicine. That's the thing. That's my vision or how I see it really.
1: And then what I'm keeps them agree. in their profession?
0: Well, it's not yeah, money.
1: Right of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that one. Let's, let's talk about that right there. <laughs> No. Yeah, so it's definitely not money and not pay because that is another thing that unfortunately is you guys are not paid what your true value is. No. Um, <laughs> you wear way more hats than a veterinarian does, that's for sure. And you don't get paid for, that <laughs> for what it is. <laughs> so if it's not money that would keep you guys in the profession, then then what is it?
0: It really takes the right person to stay in it and do it with all the stress and all the responsibility to keep with it every day because it, it is hard and it's getting harder, I think. Uh, it's getting more stressful and there's a lot more that we're being asked upon on, on the technicians to do where we're not getting the benefits from either compensation or a lot of it too might even be just praise or a thank you or a welcome or kind of thing like that where it's we're seen seen as valued.
2: I would agree with that last part. I don't so. think it comes down to money anymore. I think it's coming down to being recognized. Yeah. I think in vet med, a lot of people that are seen publicly as a veterinarian, but I don't think that the public recognizes the vet techs and the support staff that is supporting the veterinarian that they see.
0: I agree. A lot Um, of people don't know. just
2: receptionists that they see when they walk in. Yeah, they
0: don't really know uh, when they come into a clinic. I think they don't know that, you know, you come in and there's, I would say, call us nurses. I think that's what California is trying to push for is to call us nurses now but I mean, first we have to be recognized as technicians before we start changing names. Yeah. But I think people coming into a clinic, they think, Oh, I see the receptionist and then we're going to see a doctor and they're going to fix them. Yeah. But hello, who's drawing the blood, who's doing the x-rays, who's doing all this stuff in the background so that your doctor <laughs> can help you and get you the diagnostics and things you need so that they can better your pet. So, but yeah, there is a lot I of things.
2: That... A lot of times the vet tech is seen as maybe a, like a doctor intern, because the amount of times that I get asked in a room exactly. if I was studying to be a doctor or if I was going to continue school and go be a doctor, um, I don't think that the vet tech position is actually seen as a career. That's I think not... it's seen more as a stepping stone.
0: It's hmm. actually interesting because I get that a lot. Good it's point. like, oh, so when are you going to be a doctor? I'm like, yeah. well, no, this is the career I chose. This is what I went to school for. This is what I chose to be. Just like, you know, I don't know what you chose to be, but I'm. this is me. This is what mm-hmm. I chose to do. I've actually had to say that to people, saying, "No, I'm I'm not going to be a doctor. Technicians are better."
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that is like you've hit on a really big point there, and that like I have had a number of people as, as well that talk to our like our assistants and our nurses, saying like, "Oh yeah, I, like why didn't you become a doctor? Or is your next step going to be a doctor?" They think that it's a stepping stone, yeah, and there is so much that we like we as a veterinary profession have not done well in educating our clients in what the roles within the veterinary field are so that when they come into the hospital what i my big dream would be that, that they would come into the hospital and they would see you guys and they would be like oh my gosh yep there's the nurse they're going to do a lot of things like they would see that we are actually a team it's not just the big mighty doctor sits up yeah. on top and flips through the papers and gives them a diagnosis and here's your medication and blah, blah, blah. We get all the glory. Instead, what I love to see is that they can see the collaboration and the value in the amount of team And the Mm -hmm. amount of teamwork that happens because you guys get a lot of heat for things that you you (laughs) should never, you should never get heat for. And a lot of that, I think, comes down to the fact that the public doesn't value what you do, or at least they don't see the value in it. So, like, what do you think? like, this is a big topic. This is something that we could go on for hours, I feel, but it sure. needs to be, it needs to be talked about from your perspective. But what are some of the things that you think the veterinary profession can do to change that public perception and expectation? Like, how can we show that value to the world?
0: I think the biggest thing I think thing, the public just needs yeah. to be
2: educated on,
1: on it. And how would we do that?
0: I think a lot of what we're doing already is aiding in that. And where we're showing a lot of what goes on behind the door on a social platform, Mm -hmm. because people sit in a lobby and they don't see what happens behind closed doors. And they think, oh, they're just fixing or they're just giving uh, medications or they play with puppies all day. But no, we're doing actual medical things in the back that you do not realize because you're complaining about a three hour wait because you waited three weeks for Fluffy to get seen. So it's like their whole perception on what's happening in the back is completely they have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what our platform started with was to promote and show people what, you know, a lot of our followers are vetMed, but a lot of them are, you know, people who haven't, you know, never seen or what goes on behind the door. And that's aiding, I think, a little bit in showing them uh, what's happening and what's going on behind the door.
4: Now, just before we get on with the show, a quick word from our sponsor, which is the Thrive community from us here at VETEX. If you're struggling with managing time, feeling like you're an imposter or burning out, then you need to make a change. The good news is you are not broken. You're not a bad fit for the profession. Much more likely you are missing some super important foundational skills no one is teaching at university. Skills that you will learn as part of our Vetex community. The Thrive Community is a race accredited professional skills course where members receive training, toolkits and one-to-one coaching to develop these skills. So join hundreds of other vets who've changed their careers for the better as a Thrive member. To learn more and find out if the class is a good fit for you, visit vetxinternational.com today. Now back to the show. So I hope you enjoyed part one now we're going to get back to part two of That Vet Life podcast. Over to you, Mo.
1: So like a social media presence mm-hmm. is something that we need to have more of. And so how would you encourage other veterinary technicians or other management teams to do this? Like, how would you implement that? Oh,
0: goodness. I mean, I think a lot of people don't even do social media, first of all, because the, a lot of it is they're afraid of the lashback or the negative and they don't want to put that negativity on either themselves or the the hospital or the, you know, where they're working or even the doctor specifically. But I mean, a lot of it is, is you're going to get more hate than praise. And if you're doing what you enjoy, then putting it out there is easy because you can defend it and that's what you enjoy doing. So just put it out there, let people know and see what you do and go from there. Yeah. To touch
2: on what Pete was talking about, there's a, couple of vet techs that we've actually talked to on tiktok where they started getting people commenting on their videos like oh you're not doing that right oh you're doing this wrong and people just kind of stop posting because they're worried about what that person has to say or they feel like they have to continue to defend what they're doing to where they eventually just stop posting the videos
0: sure i mean this is vet mm-hmm. med it's like 60 percent macgyver yeah. every day <laughs> <laughs> You can put that on
1: a sticker right there.
0: (laughs) There's no one right way to do something because someone who's been in the field 50 years is going to do something different from me who's only been doing it for 10 years. And we all have different eyes and we're all going to see it differently. So we have to stick together. But a lot of it is just supporting everybody, supporting the whole team in a collective. And I think networking is one of the bigger things, too. So.
1: And so like how are you guys like reaching out to those other veterinary technicians right now? Is it just through social or what are some of the other ways?
0: A lot of it is social. So a lot of it is mostly Instagram with messaging. So most of our friends that we talk with or network with online are Instagram or you know doctors all across the country really. And that's what we do is just we talk, we joke, we communicate. A lot of us are asking, "Hey, are you going to that next conference or, you know, did you hear that talk?" But that's really what we're doing is just kind of supporting and, and being there, but putting ourselves out there to talk more. We're, we're meeting new people every day. Well, I should say we're talking with people every you know every day.
2: Anything to add there, JC? No, I would say there's not as many vet techs, I feel like, on social media compared to doctors.
0: That's true. I agree so with that. There's definitely a
1: disparity there, yeah.
2: We talked to. Probably seventy five percent more doctors than we what than we do vet te- texts in our messages.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Hmm. I feel like there's a lot of value in doing that, and um, because there's, cause sure, there's the public perception, but then there probably sure are a number of doctors who don't don't value guy value you guys as much as they should. There's that whole side of <laughs> side of it as well.
0: I mean, vet med is changing too in the sense that there's a lot of younger people coming in. I mean, a while ago you had, again, like these older male type. These are the veterinarians. They're stuck in their ways. They're stuck in their medicine. But now we have all these new techniques. We have these younger, you know, it's mostly females coming in or younger males coming in. And it's changing the game, you know, and a lot of it's networking and what we're doing and what we're seeing. It's just different from what I remember it being 10 years ago.
1: And so like, let's talk about that then a little bit. So like 10 years ago, then, would you feel that the work that you were doing as a technician, did you feel more isolated just because you didn't get to like, say, talk to the, the techs of the, the neighboring hospital or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like, what is like, how did you guys, I guess, communicate or, or network or did you at that time?
0: We really didn't. It was mostly just uh, communication on a phone when either they were transferring something over or we needed records. We all knew the receptionist by name and we talked that way, but no one really ever talked. And back then medicine was, veterinary medicine was a lot different. It was mostly when I started at the practice I am now, it was all male doctors. And then as it started to get to like, you know, four years ago or so is, you know, this influx of female doctors coming in and then I saw it start to change where it's a younger crowd coming in, even with technicians as well. And then that's where it started to change. And then obviously social media got big networking got big. I think conferences started to change as well, where people wanted to go and do that thing. Because a long time ago, when I started going to some of the first conferences, it was always just these older crowds, you know, I got to get my CE, I got to go get my class. Now, when you go to a conference, it's all about, you know, get my CE, but let's do it by having fun. And let's do the exhibit halls. And let's do this. Let's do after hours. Let's do all these things because they want and they want to promote networking. But back then, no, it really wasn't a huge thing with with talking with you know your neighboring hospital it was just can i get those records or send me those x-rays and then that was the conversation
1: you're kind of in your own little bubble um, right. In the vet world. So, oh gosh, I feel like as much as we talk about the negatives of social media, there is so much value and so much good that's come out of it. Just from the, like you said, the networking side of it, the fact that you guys are, you're not as isolated because you can pull up Instagram or pull up TikTok and you can see the faces of sure. these other technicians or these other veterinary professionals and be like, hey, I saw that cat that eight forty two yes. hair ties. You saw a cat that eight forty two hair ties.
0: Yeah, no, it really <laughs> is. You see it, and then you look at your your analytics on those, and you can see all these people who save the video and all the shares, and you're like, this is getting out there. It's going yeah. around. So, Or then you get your networking friends or everything, and they're sharing and they're posting. So it's there's a lot going on out there in the world of, of digital.
1: That's a, like a whole other level. Actually, I just want to pull up as we're talking about it. Let's see here. So if you were like 10 years ago, say you're in practice, and maybe because I know like right now... Like there are different models of veterinary medicine. I'm assuming you guys do not have an open model of veterinary medicine where the clients like come back and you, they see everything that you You're do. Is that right? No, it's okay. all pretty
0: much closed door. I think that's really for most people too.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think like most people, I know um, some practices are starting to become more of an open model, which I think will change the public perception quite a bit. Sure. But granted, there's positives, negatives to that. I, mean, I have seen
0: those hospitals where it's just a complete open floor or, or, yeah. or um, where everybody's involved in the entire process. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I've seen that kind of develop.
1: And we'll see where that all goes. But I pulled up your Instagram here and I have your reels open. And where I was going with that was like, say 10 years ago, like when you pulled blood on a dog or when you were doing something with, oh, I'm trying to pull up which one it was. Anyway, but anything that you did that was like to an animal, like the client never saw it. No one ever really saw it. But here, like I literally just pulled up your first reel, literally like what if 10 years ago, 1.2 million people saw one simple act that you did in the back,
0: yeah, like, like drawing blood,
1: yeah, like drawing blood, like anything it, like that. It would, it um, would it's be just, outrage, it's so different.
0: <laughs> it, would, it would be outrage because back then you they really didn't know that that's what happened. I mean, it's interesting to think how people separate human medicine from veterinary medicine. It's like you go to get your blood drawn; you have to have diagnostics and chemistries and all these things. How do you think we do it for animals? They have all the yeah. same parts; they just walk on four legs. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish they could tell us where it hurt and what was wrong. But I mean, that's why we have to do blood work and diagnostics mm-hmm. and x-rays, which are all the things they do in veterinary medicine. It's just so much cheaper. And that's another thing. If people knew the difference, you know, oh a lot I
2: was just going to start talking about <laughs> yeah. the human medicine, human medicine compared to, you know, like the veterinary medicine. I feel like we kind of get downgraded because people think that we're always out there for money or we're always trying to upcharge them because yep. we want to do this blood work and we want to do these x-rays. But what people aren't realizing is it's it's costing them just as much for that to happen to them, but they have health insurance that covers most of it. So that's sure. why, I, yes,
0: that's why I push you're pet not, insurance right not, when they come in for their puppy exams. Twenty
2: five dollars, you'll get X rays done. Yeah.
0: So, but people mm-hmm. don't know. I think they just have they separate uh, what they get done versus what their pets need done because they think, well, it's just a pet or it's just a dog. I don't need to brush their teeth. I don't need to do this. I'll just give them Pepto-Bismol. They don't need that. Oh, aspirin's good. My breeder said this. You know, they don't go to the doctor. (laughs) They don't go to the veterinarian for for all these things because they can get this readable information online and then they go with it and then we have to fix it.
1: Oh gosh, there's so many, like so many areas where like, oh, the public perception of what veterinary medicine is, is just completely different than what it truly is. There's so many different areas that we have to re-educate on. I want to avoid using the word fix (laughs) because I don't know if we're going to be able to fix just sounds not right. Uh, Gosh, there's so much that I want to continue to talk about this, but I know we're kind of running short on time. So before we end today's episode, I want to give you guys the opportunity to shout out your Instagram and your TikTok. Let people know like where can they go and find your content? Because honestly, you guys are doing big things in the veterinary profession and I want to share that.
0: We're trying to show what we do, and I think it's the same thing because everybody does the same thing we do when it comes to technicians, even in practice. You know, doc- I mean, doctors try to place catheters, but we, but as technicians, we're doing it.
1: <laughs> I <know.
0: laughs> Okay, I have to make some joke. I'm sorry. No, it's good. Um, But what I'm saying is, we're all doing the same thing, and we all should be supporting and seeing it. But. You can find us literally everywhere. If you Google vet text PJ, which a lot of people uh, that we talk to, they say PJ, so it's vet text pajamas. No, it's our first. <laughs> it's, it's Peter and JC. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, which we actually should come out with pajamas. You should, and, you should and, get
1: some merch. Yeah, uh, Yeah, it, there should
0: yeah. be some pajamas merch. Um, that would be awesome. Do and, it, please. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's vet underscore text underscore PJ. And that's literally everywhere instagram and tiktok and
2: it's text with an s
0: yeah text um yeah but it's literally instagram and tiktok is what we're trying to do and we're trying to branch out and do much more and really what it is is it's networking so it's like ask us questions what do you want to see things like that or just you know what are we doing how do we do it things like that we love networking and talking with people in our profession and outside of it too
1: That is so awesome. And all this information will be found in the show notes for you guys to go and find. So thank you once again. uh, But until next time, y'all, see ya. And that's a wrap on today's episode of That Vet Life Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before you go, I have a quick request. Now, podcasts and communities, they grow the best and they grow the biggest when the members spread the word. So if you know someone who you think needs to hear this episode, or if you found value in this episode and want to share it, go ahead and share this with your friends. And also don't forget to head over to vedexinternational.com and enroll in the Vedex community for free to get access to a bonus version of this show. You'll also get some free swag and many, many other amazing benefits. Also leaving a review of the show on iTunes would be greatly appreciated because again, it just helps get the word out. But until next time, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of That Bet Life.